0: Alright guys, what's going on? You're listening to Giraffes Have Black Tongues. I'm Ralph. I'm Dave. And before we get started, we're going to do some shoutouts because we are corporate slaves. Uh, first things first, the man that makes everything possible, uh, Donald Lewandowski, for all our editing needs. If you have a podcast and, or sound or anything you want to do, just go to Lewandowski.com. He will edit it for you, and he does quality, as you can see from our podcast, we sound smooth like baby boys, and it's because of him. All right, second shout-out is Classic Nerd Talk for all your nerd-watching needs. Join the group on Facebook at Classic Nerd Talk, or they also have a YouTube page. Ooh, so you can watch the best in video games and random skits. Yes, Classic Nerd Talk. Join now and watch basically our podcast, but on crack. They literally talk about nothing and everything. And the final shout out, my personal favorite if you're in Akron, Ohio and you have nothing to do, hop on down to Full Grip Games. Yes, Full Grip Games, located on 121 East Market Street in Akron, Ohio. Um, It's a great place to settle down and play board games. We do Smash Brother tournaments there and also starting Street Fighter tournaments in the next couple months. Very hype. Hosted by yours truly. You know, if you got nothing to do, it's a great place to meet people also. We do Magic the Gathering, and they're now doing Pokemon, and they're doing Pokemon heavily. So if you're into any of those things, board games, Pokemon, magic, fighting games, go down to 121 East Market Street in Akron, Ohio, and go to Full Group Games, your one-stop shop for all your nerd needs. All right, so let's get into it. How you been? I've been all right. How about yourself? I was a little sick. Um, work was off awful, but I'm back in the swing of things. Um, full disclosure, because I have no filter here at giraffes, I had black tongues. I had food poisoning from a food place, which I will not name because I don't want us to get in any kind of trouble. What does it rhyme with? Just Ria, for the listeners, Ria, r- give them a Ria, heads up. Ria Nino's. Mm. Ria Nino's gave me food poisoning. And, uh, basically as I'm talking Both theses and vomit were coming out of my mouth. How is that possible? No one knows. But I wasn't just going out of both ends. They were just both coming out of one end. So enjoy that image for those of you that want to be grossed out for the next 20 minutes. But now I'm back and I can actually taste chicken. So before, if I ate a piece of chicken, I thought I was going to die. But now I'm fine. Hmm. So, big talk here. The Infinity Wars trailer were you or were you not excited about it? How did you like it? What were your thoughts? What are some stuff you saw that got you hype? Best part of it, in my opinion, was like you had to
1: pay real close attention to even notice them, but Thanos' army in the comics, in the Infinity Gauntlet, he's got the five soldiers of his, Proxima Midnight, Corvus Gravis, whatever his name is, Ebony Maul, and the Black Dwarf or- Whatever. I don't
0: um, know. You know, little things I've noticed. I've noticed there's going to be a bromance between Captain America and Iron Man again. I see th- I notice he's getting his shield back. And I've also noticed throughout if you noticed uh Iron Man's been working on a shield for Captain America already, anyway, that you noticed in Spider-Man homecoming. So I don't know if that means they're slowly patching stuff up already, or if he's in hiding and he's like, Well, he's still my friend I'm going to make him the shield because he doesn't have one right now. And hopefully we can fix things, but they're still in the civil war process as we speak. Right? Yeah. I, the other thing about the shield is
1: it seems like cap is kind of in Wakanda and the shield is of course made from vibranium. So I don't know if maybe like T'Challa's people, maybe they're going to make him like a new
0: shield. This is true. I mean, he's hiding in the source of where a shield is made from. So, we're going to see. I noticed the Hulkbuster armor is being used again. Yeah, Hulkbuster's back. Obviously, the Hulk's back. The only reason why you'd ever use the Hulkbuster armor besides it's fucking amazing. Um, The Spider-Man suit looks fucking fantastic. Tell me you're not hyped. Oh, it does. Yeah,
1: it's the one from the uh, end of the Spider-Man homecoming that he turned down.
0: Yep, the suit that he
1: turned down. Oh, I can't wait. The thing with that, though. So it doesn't look like it's the Iron Spider suit at all as far as like the color scheme goes no, no, and like not the, the iron, iron
0: Spider suit. But is that what it's supposed to be like in this version? Um that is a good question and for those of you out there that know that answer, let us know. How about that? For anyone that actually knows that answer, give us a little taste of that cuz we would love to know. So we get to see Thanos. We get to hear some Thanos lines. We get to see him put a gem in there he had put two gems in there if i am not mistaken in the trailer he yeah had he's, two.
1: he's ripping the one out of uh vision skull Vision's as well skull, yeah. yep
0: he's ripping the one out
1: of vision skull and i'm assuming the other one he's straight took or, him, or but... actually he's not ripping the one out of Vision's skull that's what corvus, is. corvus is doing no that's not loki that's corvus oh is he yeah he proxima his... midnight's uh, husband
0: oh you're right oh my god yeah
1: okay it's a different staff than loki's staff Really? Yeah. See, this is why he You gotta paid... pay close attention to that shit. Yeah, that's why he,
0: Dave Stewart here makes the big bucks. He is one hundred percent nerd. He knows everything. He he notices things that I will never notice. So what else do you what are your predictions here? I mean, we know how the Infinity Wars go according to the comic books but what do you think the what do you think Hollywood's gonna do for the Infinity Wars because obviously we're not gonna get the same storyline that would take that would take so many movies I saw they're locked in for two I don't think we're gonna get any more than two two, yeah Yeah. so I mean what do you think I saw the Guardians are in there very excited for the Guardians even though you know they're not gonna have a huge part
1: I'm kind of assuming that it's gonna be like at the very last end of it is when the guardians and like the war finally show up i, I assume they're going to be like stuck in space throughout the main bulk of this thing and they just kind of show up at the end in part maybe two, it's like I a last ditch effort stuff. yeah because i mean if you read guardian stuff on the regular you know even though thanos is this ultimate like god level being gamora and drax are pretty much either one of them can take him out or at least hamper him enough that he has to retreat and like regroup so i mean if you bring them in right at the beginning then there's no need for any of this bullshit fighting to go on that would kind of kill the
0: movie right then and there well so i know, assume they, they on, don't show up till the end depends on how many gems we're talking to i mean if we're talking to true gun, that's true. he's got full the full gauntlet it's over it's i don't know i don't know who's doing what at that point i wonder if we will see any x-men whatsoever even if they're not main x-men we're going to see any kind of mutants whatsoever. No. You don't think we're going to see any? Hop- I
1: forget what they call them. What are they? Altered beings? Altered or uh, beings, yeah. Alter, I'm sorry, altered, altered
0: beings. Whatever the fuck they call the uh, Maximoffs. So we're not going to get any of that, sadly. It's Sony's fault. And Fox. It's Fox's Marbles?
1: Fault 100% marbles?
0: Yeah. I don't know. It looks good. I had no qualms with it. A lot of people were disappointed. They were like, "It's just people running." Let me tell you something. Uh, I, I mean, was excited. Okay, so it's awesome that we finally get like one of the ultimate
1: uh, villains. The thing is, though, Marvel has spent all this time building up the superhero characters. They haven't spent any time at all building up, just like letting us know, like Thanos is like on the next level of villainy shit. Like he's that powerful. He's like Doctor Doom times a thousand. Like, that's how ultimate and how powerful and how unbeatable he fucking is. They've spent no time whatsoever in their movies to, like, emphasize that and let you know, like, non-comic readers like just Joe Schmo going to the movies to watch these things, he has no clue just who the fuck Thanos is, how powerful he is. Like, that's, that's the thing they fail to do so terribly. And so, like, the villain, from that aspect, it's kind of weak and it's it's going to be a little bit disappointing like, if they had spent more time just building up just, like, how monstrous this guy is,
0: that would have done great. So, what would you suggest is my question. Like, were, were we talking movie, more information? Now, they could, I mean, you know, you understand they could probably put this information in that movie. We don't know this. We don't know what they could. They they made, like, a couple, of like, hints where they just dropped him. Like, they had him make an appearance
1: at the end of... Uh, the first Guardians and at the end of, uh, I think it's the first Avengers is, is when he like shows up. But I mean, like they should have spent way more time in the two Guardians movies going over like Gamora and, or Drax's, either of their backstories about all their history and problems with uh, Thanos. In the first Guardians, they had like Nebula and Gamora kind of like briefly touching on it. Yeah. But they need to build it up way more and just emphasize just how monstrous and how dominant a force
0: he is. And I mean, guys, for those of you that don't know about Thanos, now we I could hear address have black tongues. We can tell you how it goes down in the comics. We can't say how it's gonna go down in the movies. For those of you that don't want to hear this part, skip over it. But we will give you, or I can give you, Dave can give you mostly the pound for pound of what goes down in the comics. From what I remember from the comics is that Thanos is an ultimate evil motherfucker that is strong enough without these gems, but when he gets the Infinity Gauntlet and puts these gems in, he's a holy shit badass. If you need a ranking, he's not as strong as Thermomu, but Thermamu's behind a mirror, so it doesn't matter, and he's probably a little bit stronger than Galactus, right? Or maybe they're on the same par? Mm. Galactic, Galactus eats worlds. So. Yeah, Galactus is a world eater, so he's like,
1: he can wipe out an entire planet yeah, in so a second. He's,
0: he's about on that level. With all, the, <laughs> with all the gems, he's about a world-eating motherfucker. Like, if you
1: need a backstory idea, like, the entire reason he gets these gems is just because he's trying to impress Death, who, in the Marvel comics, is a woman just named Death, and, and he's just trying to win her over because he's smitten by her. Really? And so to do that, he decides he's going to get the Infinity Gauntlet and just rule
0: all of creation. That'll win her over. You know, this is not the first time somebody trying to get their dick sucked as ruined. mankind. I'm just telling you, women are evil. I'm just, I don't, we, we love women here at Drafts have black tugs. We're not sexist in any way, but this is what happens when you try to get some. Uh, <laughs> so, basically, he gets them from what I from what I gather he ends up getting them and a huge war breaks out now in the comic books you have the X-Men helping you have the Fantastic Four helping you have the Guardians we're not going to have all that helping we're going to have the Guardians helping he kills all of them ends up being bored with the fact that he had killed all of them <laughs> rewinds time because he has the gauntlet, the gem of time and then does it at least two other times, and on the third time, they somehow pull out a victory, if I remember correctly. I mean, Dave could correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's how that went down. I'm getting my Thanos stories
1: a little bit mixed up here right now. So when Thane, his son, comes, that's a completely different
0: story, right? I believe believe that is a different story. Okay, okay. I always get that one confused. Now, guys, if we're wrong about this, and we have flip-flopped, Feel free to, you know, make fun of us or correct us. But I'm pretty sure that is exactly how it goes down when th- when Thanos gets these and, like, how the war goes down and, like, everything that goes down in between. So, if we're wrong about any of these, please comment. Say something. We'll love to read them. And we're not going to take offense because, I don't know, we don't really care. We're just trying to entertain you guys. Yeah. So... Um, going back to this, how excited are you for Black Panther? I'm very excited for Black Cause Panther. Because what movies do we have left until we get it's to just Black movie, Panther just and, then Black and then Panther. that, yeah. Because okay. that comes on
1: May. It's a, the, uh, Info- Infinity What's going Wars? on with these Hulk movies? We haven't been seeing any lately. Because they have to share those with, uh, Universal still. And so I think they kind of stopped trying.
0: Now... They don't
1: have the movie rights to Hulk. Really? Like, they... It's somehow worked out... Similar to like the Sony Spider Man, where they can use him in their movies. They can't make a specific Hulk only movie, I think is what it is. But they've done it before. I think those were both still done by Universal, maybe? I, I don't know. But See, they, they've stopped trying, I think is what it is. Weird. And that's also why we haven't gotten She Hulk yet.
0: That's a shame. That's another thing, guys. Uh, if anybody knows what's going on with that, drop us a line. We'd love to read. You know, you guys send us something and information. We see it. We would love to repeat it back. We're on iTunes now. You can tweet us at giraffes
1: pod. The one more time. Easy, easy to there. remember.
0: Yeah. At giraffes pod. Yep. Yep. And yeah. Tweet us there. We're on iTunes. And where else are we at now? now Google that we're expanding? Play. Google Play. We're officially on Google Play. If also, if you can
1: find podcasts online,
0: you can find us. Where we're everywhere. Yeah, we're slowly growing, and uh, it's because of you guys. You know, you guys like listening to us, and for some for some awful reason, even though we're eighty five percent wrong on our stuff, and you know, we appreciate that. We appreciate the patience you give us, even though we're complete morons. But enough about like our shortcomings here. Uh, I've been playing Persona Five. Going into video games. And I am super excited. I was telling Dave a little bit about it. For those of you that don't know. Persona 5 is like an RPG. Mixed with Pokemon. Mixed with a dating sim. And it is the rawest thing I've ever played in my life. You play this kid. He gets in trouble. For like stopping this guy from like molesting this woman. He beats him up. The guy sues him. The parents go you gotta go. You're causing trouble even though he did the right thing, he gets sent to this small town or the city. It's not even a small town. It's a city. And this coffee shop owner, who's a friend of his parents is like, listen, you can sleep upstairs. You know, when I close this coffee shop, you can do what you want, but just behave yourself. You're still on probation. And the school ...around there takes him in, even though when you're in you know, Japanese culture, if you get expelled from school, it's really hard to get into another school. But the school takes him anyway, and they're like, well, you know, everybody's treating him like a criminal, even though he really didn't do anything wrong. So he's living his life, and he comes to find out that he has this ability called a persona, and how it works is, for the long story short... Is that a persona is a reflection of how the inner you is so for example there's a coach there and he's abusive and he's like dating younger women in the school that he goes to and he's like hitting the volleyball team players to make them better and he has this app on his phone and it takes him to like the the like s world of that of that like persona so when he goes to the school and hits that, the app button, it's a giant castle because the coach considers himself a king of a castle. And the coach himself is like a king. And what you have to do is, is you have to beat the castle, steal the treasure within the castle, and then the king is defeated. And once you steal that treasure, it humbles the real him. If this makes any sense. And remember, this is my gist of Persona. It humbles the real him, making him confess everything and making him feel like a piece of shit. Basically breaks down how he images himself. So if you're like a piece of shit, it basically makes you confess everything. But you have deadlines in the game to do things. For example, because they tried to find out about this guy in the real world, he's like, I'm just going to expel you guys. And they have eight days to try to get the real him to confess everything before the eight days come and they get expelled from school, him and his ragtag group of friends. So that's that's, that's Ralph's version of Persona, very watered down, 7-Up version of me playing this game. I like it. The, pers- uh, you know, catching different personas or like play, it's like playing Pokemon. You can catch them and stuff and it's, it's a lot of fun. Give it a try. If you like dating Sims, if you like playing a little bit of Pokemon and if you like RPGs, it's going to be for you because you can also build relationships. I'm personally in love with the doctor in this game. She's a hot goth chick right up my alley church. Yeah. Give it a shot and see what you think about it. So it's number five. Have you ever played the series no, before? And here's the thing. This is me talking as a novice. Dave's brought up a good point. I've never played the other ones. So you're literally hearing, hearing a novice version of Persona 5. Because I'm sure some of you out there can say it's so much more than how I'm describing it. But this is that's that's my version of what I've gathered so far in Persona 5. Dave here, speaking of RPGs, he's been playing on uh, the Fractured Butthole. I have. Why don't you give us a little breakdown of what what's that about, what's it like?
1: Oh, man. Okay, so it's the South Park game. It takes place immediately after the Stick of Truth ends. Basically, your character, the new kid from that game, has to go take a shit at home, and when he gets done and goes outside to replay, everyone has already moved on to the uh, superhero game. So it's the Coon and Friends, and... Uh, it starts out with them going over their giant master plan for their franchise, their movie franchise, and like all their Netflix series and everything. They've got all that mapped out and uh, some tensions between the two sides split each guy or the group's up in half. So you got like Mysterion and his crew versus the and his crew. You, the Kite, who's Kyle, Super Craig, Scout Malcolmson is uh, Captain Scott.
0: Diabetes. By the way, Scout Malcolmson for life. If I'll make you guys a deal, this is a horrible deal, if giraffes have black tongues ever gets to a godly amount of views in the hundred thousands, which will never ever happen, I'll tattoo Scott Malcolmson on my ass cheeks because I love Scott Malcolmson so much. We don't
1: have any way for them to view us, so I think this is a lose-lose-butt here. Or a win-win for you if you want to do it.
0: Or if we can, or... You know what? We can do a tweet. Subscribers or something. Listen. Let's, uh, let's do, okay. Subscribers. That, that sounds harder. You get, we if we ever get to 100,000 subscribers, which will never ever in the, this world happen, I will tattoo Scott Malcolmson on my ass cheek. I'll even let you guys pick the ass cheek Scott Malcolmson gets tattooed on. So there you go. That's how much I love Scott Malcolmson and his <laughs> diabetic rage. Well, go, go ahead with your story. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: you, you join the Kunan Friends. Uh, you just go around fighting crime. It's a lot. The gameplay feature is very similar to the previous one where you do that classic like RPG battle game where you, you take turns picking a move and doing damage and stuff like that. But, yeah, so far I'm enjoying it. It's fucking hilarious. Really, the last boss fight I was in had to fight Red Wine Drunk Randy. Uh, You meet Randy early on in the game, and he's trying to figure out who keeps keying his car at night, so he sends you on like a special side quest asking you to like keep an eye out if you're ever outside late at night. And then you and Scott Malcolmson go on this side quest together, and you randomly run into Drunken Randy keying his own car, and he's trying to drive out, and Scott Malcolmson just won't let him. He takes his car keys. So you have to have a little mini fight with Randy, who's drunk on red wine. And his special move, anytime he gets low on health, he'll just uh, take another swig, and he'll get super powered up, but he'll immediately have to barf and kind of like stun him for a turn while you get your offense in. But man, it's, it's, it's hilarious. I highly recommend it to anyone.
0: I'm pretty excited. I've played the first one. The first one was really fun. So yeah, if you have a time, you know, get South Park the Fractured Butthole. It's a great game. Also, there was a lot of Black Friday sales going on for those of you that missed that. I don't know did you catch anything? They had like PlayStations for the one terabytes for like two hundred at Walmart That was sweet. uh Persona Five was on sale. That was really dope. Uh, I went out Black Friday. It was pure chaos. Did you really? It was pure chaos There's so many games for sale. Like you could only imagine like the South Park game was like twelve dollars on Black Friday. It was crazy. I was losing my mind like at all the deals and everything. I ended up getting Kingdom Hearts, uh, one and two together. For twelve bucks, I ended up getting the South. I was gonna get the South Park game. I ended up not doing that. I ended up getting Persona Five for like twenty nine dollars, which trust me, that's a deal. Even though uh, there's been a lot of different things, I was looking at the uh, top ten things that have happened on Black Friday, and I guess Black Friday one year at a Walmart, a pregnant woman got trampled. Hmm. Yeah, a pregnant woman got trampled, and no one helped her. But in I'm going to say this real quick, I feel bad for the pregnant woman, but you probably shouldn't be pregnant going to Black Friday. I feel like common sense should take over and be like, this is probably dangerous. I mean, that's just me. Uh, I guess somebody got trampled to death. I was watching a whole bunch of different things. It was really weird. Just all the different things that could happen to you on Black Friday. But yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing.
1: So I just got a notice on my phone. The Buckeyes beat Wisconsin. They were the Big Ten champs, probably in the college football playoff. So, oh, church,
0: fuck yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Holy fuck yeah, nice. Okay, that makes me that makes me feel
1: good. Um, other new games. I recently uh, rented uh, Battlefront Two from GameFly.
0: Oh, you know what? That's a good idea. Let's get into that. Okay, so first of all. Before we get into the elephant in the room about talking about how they have to pay for their crates, <laughs> paying for shit, you know, in-app purchases and all that, how do you like the game? The game itself? It's
1: cool. It's, it's similar to Overwatch, my review of that, where it's just, like, nonstop chaos. Like, as far as, like, the online multiplayer shit, it's nonstop chaos. Like, there's one game mode where it's uh, 20 versus 20. And you're just shooting people and just trying to kill the other team. Funk just it's it. a clusterfuck of action. But the the cool thing about this one, the previous game was only multiplayer online. This one actually has a, a solo player story mode, which is cool. That's a huge thing that was missing from that first game. So playing that was a lot of fun. I didn't get all that far into it before I returned it, but still, it was fun.
0: So break down to me. Because yeah, yeah, Dave rents. he game flies his games, which is a great idea, especially if you want to try a variety of games. Uh, That wasn't a game fly plug, we were just saying it's just a good idea. So tell me, how did the purchases work in that game, from your understanding?
1: So when I received the game and got it plugged in, everything at that point in time was already disabled. Because of the issue where uh, someone on, I think it was like Reddit or somewhere, had posted his uh, anger because he had spent all the money on getting the bonus bundle pre-order. And he didn't get the Darth Vader character or he couldn't unlock any of the bonus characters. When you, when you play Heroes vs. Uh, villains, you have to play as either one of six heroes or one of six bad guys, basically. And three on each team are going to be locked automatically. Their game in-game purchases only. Oh. Uh, I think it's Vader, Palpatine, and Luke Skywalker, Probably. Leia, Chewbacca. I just can't, can't remember the third bad guy. It could be Maul, but I, I could be wrong about that. But anyway, like originally, the the price for them in game was so ridiculous that someone did the math and like posted it online. It was something like over a million in game credits or points or whatever the hell their in-game currency system is you earn on average may if you're good at the game at playing online you earn on average maybe like 500 to like 350 to 500 points a game so you would have had to invest all that time just to get up to a million in-game points without buying
0: any holy shit it was fucking insane yeah okay so now News has been going around about this, and this says that this isn't a new tactic. I mean we have this sort of thing in over in overwatch, and you know we've had stuff like this before, but it's officially banned in Australia one hundred percent fact you can look it up. it's considered gambling now they are talking about cracking it down in America. Here is my thought on this. Do I necessarily think that loot crates or crates that have items in it for playing? Do I think it's a bad idea? Not necessarily, because here's the thing. You all complain about it now. But if they got rid of it, then every single thing would be DLC. I'd rather have a random chance to get it from in-game currency than have to do pure DLC to get it. Because I'm telling you right now, they're going to make their money the way they see fit. You take away one thing, they're going to be like, fine, fuck it. Then everything's going to cost money and you don't want to go that route. Because then we're talking like 40 $50 for a whole set and they consider that a deal. And honestly, it's not really gambling. Now, yes, because there's a chance you can get stuff, it could be considered gambling. But you have to lose in gambling. Even if you get the same item you got that's still not a loss you can sell yeah, that, that the item the shittiest item possible is still a win it's, technically it's still technically a win no matter how how you want to say say it it's still a win you still got something for doing something you know gambling in my opinion is you get if the box opened up and it was just like fuck off and nothing happened if you're getting items out of it it's not gambling no matter how you look at it there's no there's no risk there you're getting something just not the thing you want maybe at best that at best it's maybe a lottery of like a lottery ticket with a hundred percent chance win that gives you a dollar that's at that's at best of what it is you know what I mean yeah it's literally a lottery ticket that says worst case scenario you're getting a dollar but that's still not gambling because you can't lose you can o- you can only get get a dollar you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. Uh, you can't come away with nothing in this scenario. So is it gambling? And now how do you people feel about it? I think I think it's a fun way to do things and I really don't it really doesn't bother me. Some people it might bother. Uh let us know what you think. Like I said, tweet at us. Give them that sweet tweet yeah, one more time. Yeah. Give it to
1: them. At giraffes H B T pod. That stands for Giraffes Have Black Tongues podcast.
0: Yep. And let us know what you think. Let us know if it's fair, if you guys think it's fair, like I said, you know, let us know if you think it's considered gambling, and I mean, how you feel it's going to affect just every game, because remember, if they take away from this, they're going to have to take it away from Overwatch, because technically, if their system's gambling, Overwatch's system is gambling. So, let us know what you think about that. Let us know what your thoughts are. Alright, so, um, you know, moving on. Tell me about uh, some stuff you've been watching on Netflix, uh, me. I have literally been not watch- just playing Persona 5 and being sick. Literally, my combination has been diarrhea and Personas. So, you- that's been my week. So Your dance card is full. My dance card was full. Regardless of what it was full of. <laughs> so, uh... Tell tell us, what, uh, what's what been going on Netflix-wise? Uh,
1: so, two weeks ago, uh, the final season of Longmire was released. Longmire is one of my personal favorite shows. It was originally an A&E series about a Wyoming sheriff named Walt Longmire. It's based on this book series uh, called The Mysteries of Walter Longmire. It's got a pretty good cast. I mean, the girl from Battlestar Galactica, and Riddick, Katie Sackhoff is in it. Oh, okay. Got uh, the, the guy who was on Major Dad in the 80s, and then he also makes a couple of appearances as Raymond Trusk in uh, House of Cards, like the old bald guy with the mustache. He's, he's in it for a couple, first two seasons as a guest star, but um, it basically is just like a really good cop drama show. Um, it takes place kind of in Wyoming, so they're like right on like an Indian reservation too, so there's a lot of interaction with the, his police force and the uh, Indian reservation cops, because he doesn't have jurisdiction on their res. They don't have jurisdiction off the res. But a lot of times stuff happens with like either Indians off the res or white people on the res. So they have to interact a lot of times, help each other out. Lou Diamond Phillips plays his best friend. No, Hank man. Standing Bear. Yeah. That's so silly. that's kind of like his in to the is through Henry. But yeah, the final season came out. Uh, there was a big love triangle sort of mystery for a while there. That gets itself all worked out nicely in the end. Really wraps up. Oh, and his daughter on the show is from uh, Smallville. She was uh, Lex Luthor's sister, Tessa. Tessa. It's been a Luthor? while. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah, but that's what I knew her from was Smallville back in the day. She's on there as
0: his daughter. Oh, okay. What else have you been watching on there? What else has Netflix been treating you to? So
1: other than that, they just came out with another uh, Western show called Godless. That one was really good. Just to start off with the cast, Jeff Daniels is the main uh, villain in it. He's a one-armed man. He got his arm shot, and they couldn't uh, save it in time, so he had to get it amputated by a doctor. Um, So he's a one-armed villain. He's got a crew of 30 different guys, and they just go town to town, just steal money, just rob people, just cause all kinds of uh, trouble. His backstory is his family was murdered by Mormons in front of him, and they spared him, and the Mormons take him in. So he's always quoting, like, Bible scriptures and stuff. And if you say God damn or take the Lord's name in vain in front of him, he immediately just fucking shoots you, kills you for that. Holy shit. Yeah. But he's badass in it. It's the best character work I've seen on a show like all year, I think. One of the guys in his gang is former MMA, UFC fighter, Keith Jardine, who I guess is kind of like a big time action actor now. Like he was in John Wick 2 as like a extra as well. His character was a little disappointing because he's sort of like the knife guy of the gang because he's always playing with his fucking knife, but he only ever uses his knife to kill someone once and it's in, like, the final battle. So it was a little disappointing that he wasn't just more, like, kill-friendly with the knife.
0: But, I mean... I, character development. Give yeah, it time. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's all that is, I think. And then
1: uh, some of the... So other than, like, Daniels' crew, they're, they're chasing after this one guy who was originally a part of their gang... And he kind of betrayed them, and he gets this money from this stagecoach robbery that they do. And he rides off, and they they have a shootout, and he's the guy who actually shoots Daniels in the arm and is who causes him to have to get his arm amputated. So their whole thing, this entire series, is trying to chase that guy down. That guy, he runs off into this town. It was uh, all the men in the town except for maybe, like, five or ten like the older ones and the drunks and like the uh ones that were too young to actually work in the coal mines everyone else who was down in the coal mines working they all died in this horrific accident that happened there and that's all before the show takes place it's just backstory that they fill you in on so it's a town of all women almost
0: sounds amazing
1: yeah some of the actresses in the town there's a, a british actress what's her name? Michelle Dockery. She's from uh, that Downtown Abbey show. I've never seen I've that. Never too, it. I've never watched it.
0: I'm pretty white for a black guy, but I'm not that white.
1: Yeah, but she's in this, she's like one of the main characters and then uh, Christine Seidel who was on Boardwalk Empire. Okay. If you remember Michael Shannon's character. Okay. Um, he's her nanny originally, but then they end up getting married when he like becomes bad and moves to Chicago and has to like take on the false identity. Like they get married and he's She's his wife and the mother of his children at the end of it. But she's in it. The girl from that Identity movie, or Split, Split, that M. Night Shyamalan one, she's yeah. in it too. Um, so basically what happens, He, he during that shootout with uh, the whole Daniels gang, he ends up getting hurt. He got shot a couple times. He barely made it out of there alive. He just kind of crashes um, on Michelle Dockery's character's farm, and he she throws him in his barn and kind of lets him heal up. doesn't like kill him immediately or anything. So he ends up staying there in town with them and like kind of helping them uh, raise their horses and get them all ready and get them ready to sell, I guess. So the ending here comes up when um, Daniel's team finds where that guy is hiding. They come to have a big shootout with him and all the women in town kind of try to fend them all off as best they can. And it ends with a draw between Daniels and the main guy. I'll go ahead and spoil it for you all because I don't care. Get him. He shoots Daniels and lives. Damn. Yeah. All right. But that was a good show. I enjoyed it. It was a real Western. Like it took place in like the 1800s. Longmire is a Western that just takes place in current times.
0: All right. Well, there you go. So that worked out pretty well. That's so the, so what would you rate? You like it a lot, huh?
1: I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's like an actual series that they're going to do continuing on i don't know if it was just like a seven part miniseries because i mean if daniel's character was like the main protagonist of it he gets killed off in the final minute of the show so or the final minute of the finale so i don't know if it's something where they're going to carry on with like a season two because the main character he heads off to like california to find his brother who he got separated from at like a young age Hmm. So I I don't know if maybe it could pick up on that, but as far as like the town and that, I don't know if they would have any stories with them going forward. Interesting. I
0: guess we'll, we'll have to wait and find out. I mean, that's the only way we're going to find out here. Uh, anime wise, I haven't been watching anything really. I've been watching assassination classroom, but we're going to talk about that next time. There's some hype things I want to talk about and share with you guys, uh, that we'll be watching next time. And a few, few movies and random clips we're going to be talking about. Um, and so then we're going to stop here and wait for our guest to pop up. Alright, so now that we're done talking about the stuff we are talking about, we're going to get... we got a special guest here. His name's Terrence. So what's up, Terry? How you doing? Uh, we've been boys for a long time. And, you know, here at Giraffes Have Black Tongues, we like to have a lot of fun and we talk about a lot of stuff. But we never get into, like, any issues or anything. And we're going to try that. It's not necessarily, you know... Our pay grade here, we're kind of slow, but it's fine. We're going to get into some serious issues, and we're going to talk about where we're from. Now, for those of you that don't know, Drafts of Black Tongues is based in Ohio. You know, it's based in Cuyahoga Falls, but we generally talk about all Ohio and all the experiences we have in Ohio. And one of the things we like to talk about is that there is, like, a drug problem in Ohio. and It's kind of a big deal because it's, you know, you we've lost loved ones because of it. And it's just been getting worse and worse. And luckily, you know, Terry here, he's one of my best friends. He has dealt with drugs before being in Ohio, and we haven't lost this big bear yet. So we're going to talk about a little bit of why drugs can be a problem for you if you are thinking about doing them and, like, Terry's experiences. So, I mean, Terry, I mean, tell me about it. Like, when do you think, like, the first time you really, like, gotten the drugs work. Cause we we're all kids, you know, I've done my fair share of things. I'm not the, you know, I'm not the poster child for goodness. You know, I've experimented around all kids do, but when do you think it really like became an issue or a problem?
2: Well, um, I say my 28 years, 11, I've centered my start. I started popping uh prescription painkillers when I was 13 years old. I bought them extremely cheap. Nobody even knew what they were. Um, I just know that I liked the way they made me feel. I was eating them in class, telling teachers they were Tylenol. I mean, that's, that's how lax, you know, the op- opioid, uh, uh, that's before the op- opioid and drug epidemic in Ohio. People, you know, they heard that you took Percocets, they thought you might've just had a headache. I mean, I came from a family where I had a cough one night and I was given a Vicodin. People, people didn't know the side effects or the, or the, uh, the, the falls of, of, of drugs, you know, and, uh. When I started, I had no idea that when you didn't have them, you got sick. Um, I don't know if uh, the people listening know about uh, dope sickness. It's, uh, it's when you take opioids or opiates, either or the synthetic or the natural form, and uh, you get used to them. Your body gets used to them. And then one day you decide to stop doing them. You think you're getting out of hand. When you become sick, it feels like the worst stomach flu plus the highest anxiety attack you could possibly have at the same time. Before I knew that there was that, the anxiety never came. I just thought that I was getting sick all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I experimented most of my childhood. I never really got too out of hand. I'd, you know, eat eat pills. I mean, you remember, I, I, I would always have a bottle of pills that I bought or, you know, I conned a doctor for at all times. You know, I had my wisdom teeth taken out. Uh, I got an infection, uh, you know, surgeries, and somehow I was always able to con a doctor, a family member, or find someone that was selling them at all times, you know, even as a child with, you know, no income, and, uh, you know, that's when it started, really, it picked up later on, you know, later on, I mean, I, I've, I'm not proud to say, you know, but, you know, I'm, I am a recovering uh, alcoholic and addict, uh, I'm part of, of a 12-step fellowship,
0: Hey, nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with improvement
2: yeah i mean it's taken me 15 years to realize that i can't do this by myself you know they they always say with drugs you need a certain willpower to stop the the term will is from within so honestly your willpower ain't, ain't jack unless you honestly from within don't Ever want to put another substance or drop a liquor? I'm just gonna say heroin, meth, uh, cocaine. Unless you want to actually stop your willpower, is nothing because technically you don't have the willpower to stop.
0: Now, you know, before we get deeper into this, now when we talk about Ohio, and you know, for people that are not around, you know, you've experienced this firsthand, tell them how bad the drug problem is in Ohio you know, there's people getting high all the time in Ohio. And it's, I don't know if it's just because of environment. Maybe it's because certain areas are smaller than others. Not much to do. You get high because it's just something fun to do. Or if it's like, you know, if it's situational, your kid peer pressure happens, but it's just been really heavy. I mean, what are your thoughts about that?
2: I mean, there's a lot of different, I mean, it's a perfect storm in here, technically. I mean, we, most of the opiates, heroin, fentanyl, stuff like that, they come through Detroit or they come through New York. And to go and to take, you know, drugs either south or west, they have to come through Ohio. Um sure. We have the Great Lakes. You know, a lot of boats come in here. We're right by the east coast. We might not be on the east coast. But, I mean, I with my old job, I traveled a lot. Um, I tra- I've worked in 17 different states from as far west to Oklahoma to as down south as Mississippi um, to as, as high east as Vermont. You know, the more far east you get the easier and the easier it is to get heroin. I mean, and it's cheaper. Now, would you
0: say heroin is the biggest problem Ohio has right now?
2: Um, it started that way.
0: Yeah, okay. The
2: heroin it started that way and now because heroin's not cheap, even for even for people that move weight at drug dealers, so every drug dealer is looking for a way to make more money. That's why they cut it with bad shit or cut it cut it and cut it cut it cut it. I mean, by the time we get it. Where people were, were lucky to get three percent pure heroin, so people were like, "Screw this shit." That's why you know pills got so bad, like about what four or five years ago, and then they put the big restrictions on it. Now the drug dealers have fentanyl and carfentanyl coming through. Carfentanyl is what everybody is dying over. Carfentanyl—you literally can do a hundredth of a gram and it'll kill a grown man. With, with an instance, you know. Now, what is the makeup
0: of carfentanil? Do you Clark, know?
2: Carfentanil is a elephant tranquilizer. They use in Africa for extremely hard, extremely large exotic animals. Um, for for elephants, they use carfentanil because fentanyl itself is used to put you in twilight sleep when you have surgeries. That's what puts you out. That and a mix of other drugs. Fentanyl is extremely strong. It's what a hundred times stronger than morphine so carfentanil is it's scary to say but it's almost a thousand times stronger than morphine or ten thousand something crazy like that and it's used to put down animals that weigh over one two three thousand pounds and you can buy it online from China
0: no shit you can get it online
2: yeah people are going on the dark web and and spending what six hundred bucks and getting an ounce of it it's dirt cheap. And what, what people are doing is the reason people so many people died, what, in the last three years is they didn't know how to cut it. They didn't know how to make it. People were just taking it. They're cutting it like it's heroin. And then people are putting in their bodies and they're dying instantly. So they had to figure out a different way to do it. So they're putting in water, taking like creatine, something water soluble, and just spraying it once like with a Windex bottle, the water of that.
0: And you drink the water?
2: No, no. You spray the powder with the water. And then you can shoot the powder snort the powder do whatever you want it works just like heroin but they just spray the stuff on one time it's so potent that they spray it on one time and that's why people are dying you know you might get more of a, a concentrated part of the spray and it's killing people it's scary I myself you know i've I've overdosed and died eight times and dying's overrated I'm be honest with you uh I believe in a higher power and uh I don't know who exactly it is. So I'm not gonna get into that, okay, but I know okay. there's I know there's something going on with it. But dying, you're, it's cold, it's lonely, and no matter how tough you are, I'm a big guy. I've been through a lot of stuff. Every time I've ever came back, I have sobbed like a baby, you know. Um, and it's scary, you know. And, and what's scary now is they're cutting every other drug. Just like uh, what's that rapper that just died? Uh, Little Pete. Yep. Yeah, um, he pee. he died from cocaine cut with fentanyl. They're cutting everything with fentanyl because speed, like cocaine or methamphetamines, the withdrawal of it's all psychological, you know. So what they're doing is they're putting opioids because opiate and opioids are different. Opiates are like what's in Percocet, or heroin. Opioids are all synthetically made in a lab. What they're doing is they're cutting they're cutting you know speeds, methamphetamines, cocaine with fentanyl, so. People physically become addicted to it. So when they don't have it, they'll physically be sick, just like with heroin. So that's what, that's what drug dealers are doing now. They're trying to figure out ways to constantly keep people hooked because so many people are dying now. They need to keep everybody. And it's sad, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. No, it is. And it's terrible. And, you know, this is why, you know, I brought my guest on here because I want him to share his experience with you. And, you know, now tell me, you know, how long, you know, how long is clean you've been right now?
2: Right at this moment. Right at this moment. Right at this moment, I have five months.
0: Five months clean. Five that's months. clean
2: not a, not a drop of alcohol, liquor, uh, substance whatsoever. Um, and I, now,
0: obviously, temptation is there. Now, I don't want anyone... Out there to not believe that there's not always going to be temptation, I'm sure you could agree with that right oh yeah, but it's how you handle every day is that is what's matters is that correct
2: yeah you you gotta want to quit a lot of people with um I don't know if you want to touch on this but the with the addiction as a disease and not a choice oh yeah we'll get we'll get there yeah. um, but you know a lot of that it's you know like I said everybody thinks their willpower can beat it you know it you gotta want To actually quit, because I mean, I had, I had a lot of clean time beforehand, I had a, I had like, you know, if, if I had one mess up in between this, you know, like a week mess up, if I didn't mess up for that, I'd almost have a year clean, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just now finally figuring out how to do it, that's all it is, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta figure out a way to, to, I mean, you, for so long as a drug addict, you know. You might not even realize it, but you circle everything around your use. So even work, school, relationships, everything you circle it around. You need to be high for it. You need to do this for it. So what you have to do is 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 take everything and basically learn how to be an adult again. You know, and uh, I'm not perfect whatsoever. You know, what I'm nope, saying? nobody is. Yeah, but you know, I I, I try to help okay
0: okay now let me ask you some questions here now you know when what was it like going through it when you were high what was your only thought process is how to get more high what did you what what were you like what were your what were your goals back then just to get more high to get more money to get more high and did you did you step on loved ones for it
2: oh man uh that goes without saying when you become a drug addict that's the only family you have is you, is is your drug you become the most selfish self-centered you know instant uh, you know what you want instant gratification all the time and that and that evolves in your life even like even if you are you already got your stuff you know and yeah. you, and you ask someone for something if they tell you no or you got to wait you're so used to instantly doing something and, and, and getting and, you know instant gratification You get impatient you, Yeah you get impatient You become selfish What it was like Let's see uh, When it got bad It got bad I picked up my first felony In 2009 And they put me on a drug court program It was for a, No this was 2011 I'm sorry 2011 uh, mm-hmm. They put me in a drug court program I was really bad on pain pills at the time And uh, partying and the epidemic wasn't out there yet so i got high the entire time i was on probation and got away with it for 2 years or no for a year and a half and they let me off early actually um i wasn't so lucky in 2013 when i picked up they tried hitting me with like 40 some charges um for drugs. holy shit um yeah they tried hitting me with like 5 felonies Um, all because I wouldn't tell the guy where I got it or wouldn't let him in my car. I was with another gentleman who I'll leave unnamed because he knew, he knows who he is, uh, who actually the cop told me the first person to tell is not going to jail. And I ended up in a paddy wagon 10 minutes later. And, you know, I still get the blame for, for saying stuff, even though I did nine months over that. They tried. They hit me for a misdemeanor for every single piece of drug paraphernalia I had in my car, every little baggie. They hit me with. They tried hitting me with three or four felonies for water and old old syringes. You know that ended up getting dropped down to two misdemeanors because the cop was extremely racist. Uh, put his hands on me. I You know I got I got beat up pretty bad. This is a black cop. Yeah, he called me white boy uh cracker. uh Said I'd never see my mother again. Uh, that he was going to break both my arms, put me in the hospital.
0: And For those of you that call BS, reverse racism is a thing. Trust me, I'm black, and I know some racist-ass Black people, it's a thing sometimes. I mean, you're like, it's not, it's yeah. not you know anything to be, but it's it happens. You know, anybody can be racist.
2: Everybody is generalized when, when when it comes to race. You know, he saw me as as a weak drug addict individual and i happen to be white i'm sure if i if i was black or hispanic he would he would have he would have said something different to me but he was trying to scare me and it wasn't working because deep down inside i already wanted to die you know what i'm saying uh i was so bad i i'd be lucky to get four hours of sleep um because i'd be searching for drugs all day by the time i finally get something i go to bed i was to the point where after four to six hours i'd be super sick already and I have to go on the hunt again. Um, I ran my credit, uh, a ten thousand dollar credit card, all the way up within six months. Um, I'll go to gas stations and wait for people to pay for gas. And when if they're paying for cash, I just fill them up on my credit card, take their cash. Uh, I go into the mall, look for people who are buying Jordans, buy them their Jordans, take take you know eighty percent for it. Um, I ran six months. I ran up. Like, it was like nine and a half grand. Um, Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's just the start of it. You know, I, uh, when, when that fell through and I came out, I was on, they, when I got hit with the misdemeanors, it put me on misdemeanor probation, which I don't know if anybody's ever been on misdemeanor probation, but they don't give a shit about you. It's a misdemeanor.
0: No, now let me ask you this. And this is for, you know, there's a lot of kids out there, especially nowadays. And it's been, you know. The world has been getting a little better about this, but there's still kids out there that think they're tough and they're hard. And, you know, I don't want to sound like an old man, but we're, me and Dave, we're both in our 30s, so we're technically old geezers. What's it like being in jail? Huh. Let them, let uh, them know. Let, the, you know, let people out there know who haven't been or who think, oh, you know, I spend a night here. You know, I've been arrested. I know it's not, it's not fun. You know, let them know what it's like staying a couple nights in jail.
2: Oh, I've altogether... uh, you know, by the grace of God, I've taken programs to where I've, they've always given me institutions or county jails. Um, I've signed plea agreements to go to prison. I've beat cases. I've spent probably a total of almost two years in county jail together altogether. And I've been a Oriana House, which is a halfway house. I've been an Oriana House client eight times since 2013 Damn. Um, in two different facilities. Uh, minimum security jail. I've been there four times. This is all since 2011. I've missed, out of the past, Thanksgiving just passed. I've been out and about and not eating jail food for two out of the last six Thanksgivings. Ever since I was 21, I've missed five birthdays. I haven't had a, a solid Christmas. I haven't had a Christmas that was free in almost six years. And they might feed you a little better on holidays, but they don't give two shits about you. They're understaffed and you're staying in your cell. The jail we have right now is rated one of the worst in the country. I had that's
0: a, 100% fact. I had
2: a pet rat. Um, he would come at nighttime and eat the crumbs off my floor, so I didn't have to sweep. As soon as the lights went off, he came in, ate all the crumbs. I never had to sweep a thing. And he would sleep in like a, a, a wrapped up sheet by the toilet. That's 20. Most of the time, it's about 22 hour lockdown. You can order commissary, uh, which is ramen noodles. You know, uh, and that's eating good in there is ordering ramen noodles and packs of tuna. One ramen noodle soup's a dollar. A pack of tuna's four dollars and ninety cents for one
0: pack of tuna. Super inflation now. How do they expect you to pay for that? Loved ones, um,
2: you when you're locked up in there, you can't do anything to earn money. So they expect the people you love to come and drop money off on your books, and you also have to pay for the phone calls. You pay it's it's like fifteen cents a minute. Fuck. Which adds up, you know what I'm saying? It's, oh yeah. For uh, for a half hour call, it's four dollars and fifteen it's about that? Four dollars and fifty cents for a half hour call. So if I'm out and about, and you know my wonderful girlfriend's my you know my wonderful fiance's out there, and I want to talk to her for an hour, it's gonna cost me ten bucks, nine dollars. You know what I'm saying? And and, I, and she's expected to come put money down on there. And they tell you you can go fifty strong hundred dollars all week long, but who's got four hundred extra dollars to give to an inmate to eat to eat like an actual human being? Because and they feed you on a fifteen hundred calorie a day diet.
0: Fifteen hundred calorie a day diet. Let me break this down for you guys. I'm a three hundred pound man. I could lose two pounds a week, no lie, two pounds a week. On a 3,000 calorie a day diet. I've put this in my fitness pal app just to check this out. Terry, how much you weigh? Um, Currently, about 275. 275. That means he could probably have 2,500 calories a day, still lose two pounds. they are giving him half of that and expecting him, not his body not to go into shock or something bad to happen.
2: At my worst, that. I weighed 181 pounds.
0: So could you imagine eating half of what you need to like survive in a day, how much weight you lose in jail? For, for
2: breakfast, they give you two pieces of white bread, a banana, and about the size. You know you know how big baklava is? Baklava, uh, yeah, the squares. Okay, about the size of an Uno card, a sweet cake, which has no flavor. They give you two pieces of bread and a cake, and either one small teaspoon of peanut butter or a banana. And That's you know every day for breakfast. Two pieces of bread and a cake.
0: And I've always thought it was fucked up because, yes, these are people who are considered criminals. But that doesn't mean their lack of basic health needs or food or anything like that. They're still people.
2: But most of the people that are in there, especially in Summit County, are people that are waiting to go to detox. Waiting to go to rehabs.
0: We're not talking to- rapists and murderers here, no, they're, people. They're,
2: those people are held in maximum security and they're not allowed out of their cells. They are allowed to have one phone call a week and they don't get microwaves for the ramen noodles and stuff. And we barely do. Um, They're not allowed to wash your clothes. This is, we're talking about general, general population to where most of the people in there for, there for petty thefts. I mean, the people that stay in the county the longest are in there for petty thefts. probation violations because they can't get clean when they're on probation or, or stupid stuff, you know, like just, just dumb stuff. And, and. And, you know, it's ridiculous.
0: And now for those of you out there that are listening, your mindset, and, you know, we want you to have an open mindset here at Giraffes Have Black Tongues, so devil's advocate. You could be like, well, if you don't like the way you are be treated there, you don't do crimes, but you don't know people's life stories. You know, here's the problem with our system and society is that even though someone serves their time, the minute they come back out, they can't do anything. They can't rent apartments. They can't get jobs. So why do we even go through the process of rehabilitating a person when we put them back out here and we treat them like trash so they can go back to jail? Yeah. And that's what people don't understand is that, yeah, somebody did a crime a long time ago. You know, I've done a crime before. Does that, make me, does that label me as a criminal for the rest of my life? And why should I hold that over my head if it's supposed to be a rehabilitation process? And then when you get out, what are you supposed to do? If you can't get in the apartment... You can't get a job because of your past and you've served your time. Then is our system really working or is it just a way to pay our taxes and get some roads done for a half an hour a day?
2: Well, was, most of the time, it's not even taxes. It's all privately owned anymore. It's it's putting money in the judges' pockets. It's putting money in the police chief's pockets. Um, I mean, the Oriana house uh, right now, which is a halfway house is mostly sponsored by some county judges. They'll send anybody there. I mean, it's supposed to be a halfway house that's correctional-based for treatment. There's people in there that are in there for, like, like contempt of courts that are being forced to do drug classes. And, you know, I'm not going to get off subject, but with how it is in jail, it's... it's. You ever been to, like, a daycare? Yeah. Okay, um, imagine a daycare full of older people that were never taught how to act. I'm not gonna say it's like in the movies. <laughs> yeah, that'd be ridiculous. Like, they're, yeah, they're, they're, so we're not. This is
0: the longest this, yard yeah, this, or the, anything like yeah, that. Yeah,
2: this this ain't this ain't you know Vingram's the animal. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but I mean, I mean, there, there's people in there acting ignorant. If you spend enough time in jail, you're gonna get in a fist fight. That's just what it is. And you know, I've been in my fair share. Uh, and you know, I'm I'm no invincible person. But most of the time, you. You can tell a person out. by They they try to show off for their boys because they want want to feel special. You know what I'm saying? They want to feel like they're the man. So most of the time, it it can be done with talking. If it gets down to it, you have the space of a walk-in closet to fist fight a grown man. And you guys hit each other until the first one falls and it's over with.
0: Now, what happens now? How do you do this while getting caught? You
2: go into a cell and you close the door. And you wait for the you wait for the deputies. Um, this is in some account. You wait for the deputies to do their rounds on the other blocks. You go into your cell, two men. You close the door, kick off your flip flops, and and, uh, and and beat each other half to death.
0: You there you tell. go. And this is what I'm talking about when I talk about how. Our prisons and how our system is made for people to fail. You know, you can get a person that's only done one thing and can end up in the same situation as Terry, and then he's ruined for the rest of his life.
2: Yeah, and well, do you
0: think? I mean, do you think that's fair? Do you think well, they treat you like the way you should be treated?
2: This is this is the issue. When I first started, I didn't understand. You know, I was like, man, I just got a couple of misdemeanors, blah blah blah. I'm a three time convicted felon now. You know, and yep. and and what it is is. They started taking things away from me. I got my license taken away. So when I got out, I didn't have a job because I got caught with, with drug paraphernalia. They instantly suspend your license for six months, which is all right, cool, whatever, bam. And then they didn't really give me any rehabilitation. I did, I did my nine months, you know, bam, bam. I got out scotch free uh, in 2013. And mind
0: you, they claim when you do your time, that's your form of rehabilitation. Yeah, you... well, they
2: made me do a slew of classes while I was in there.
0: They uh, did. They made you do I- classes. IOP,
2: okay. you know, intensive outpatient, thinking for a change, uh, distorted thinking. And it's all stuff that's like. It's, it's so textbook, and it's it's basically like trying to learn how to speak Spanish out of a, out of a, out of a ninth grade textbook. Now,
0: did you feel these classes helped?
2: Um, no, most even the teachers themselves knew it was for the money. Every time someone gets, in the state of Ohio, if someone gets signed up for a drug class. The state, depending on the length of class, like the IOPs and the Thank You for a Change, they make $14,000 in grants for every person that gets signed
0: up. you know, this is stuff to think about, people. So, you know, the next time you see somebody and you're like, oh, you shouldn't do the crime, you don't know anybody's life. It could be somebody innocent that stole because their family don't have food and now society's made them a certain way. You know, it could be anything like that. So you should always think about the other half of somebody's story. And this is exactly a perfect example of how greedy the prisons are. So the classes didn't help. They're basically a joke, right?
2: You know, I... You can put a fake face on and do these classes. Every time that I've ever completed these classes, I've had teachers hand me papers to become a recovery coach or a teacher because they think that I'm so special. And and it's like, no, you know, I'm really good at faking the funk because you guys can't tell the difference. You guys aren't teaching me how to be a human. You guys are telling me telling me processes to did not use drugs that make no sense. Like they tell you to to surf the urge. If you have the urge, just go ahead and do it, and then it'll stop eventually. It's like no, you're killing people. Like what the hell? You're, you're, out, you're out. You're out. You're out here. You're out here killing people, and and they don't care because they're paying.
0: Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Surf the urge. Get yeah, the- urge
2: surfing is is uh. They tell you when you have the urge it only lasts a maximum of 30 to 60 seconds so they want you to just surf it think about it dwell on it and then after 60 seconds everything's gonna be sunshines and rainbows you know and 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 I got I got a little trouble in classes I'm like I'm not doing that and they tell you pleasant imagery just think of a place that that makes you happy go to your happy place happy Gilmore you know what I'm saying Pleasant imagery, deep breathing techniques. It's like, you know, this is what they're teaching in drug classes. Deep breathing techniques, pleasant imagery. What does this have to do with drug rehabilitation? Your tax
0: dollars at work, people.
2: Yeah, $14,000 grants to tell me to deep breathe and start eating healthier to stop being a drug addict.
0: <laughs> for nine weeks. Jeez. I mean, Dave, what are your thoughts on these? Do you have any questions for Terry while we're sitting here going through it?
1: Let's cut it song. Some... A little bit ridiculous there. Yeah, I mean, I remember I've had a couple alcohol related arrests in my time. So I've gotten the area in the house myself. I've done a little bit of time in uh, Summer County Jail as well. So, I mean, yeah, I do remember some of this about like the nonsense that they teach you in there. It was always just, yeah, you know, just kind of fight the urge yourself, but they don't really give you any steps on how to do that or anything about like, hey, these are the best ways to kind of cope with it. It's just got kind of, to hey, just sit here, take these classes, get everything filled out. Here's a paper certificate. You're done. You're cured.
0: What yeah. was it now? You had a parole officer at the time, Dave, right? What was he like? Or she, I'm uh, assuming. It was a woman. Were they helpful in any way like they should be or were they like?
1: No, no. it was, hey, come in here. You're going to take these piss tests. If you fail them, I'm throwing you back in jail. Uh, that was pretty much okay. it. Okay. Don't fail. <laughs> that, was, that was the advice. Oh,
0: oh, great advice. (laughs) What about for you, Terry? What was Um, your... I'm
2: currently on, uh, you know, I'm currently on uh, probation myself, you know. And, you know, I have failed a piss test for him. Uh, You know, five months ago, I failed a piss test for him. And they're like, oh, shit happens. (laughs) They're they're like, oh, it's cool, you're good. Uh, Relapse is part of recovery. Relapse does not have to be part of recovery. Is what people don't seem to realize Is that when you're done You can be done for the rest of your life You know I failed a test And I didn't have to do anything extra I had to drop two times a week I was already dropping two times a week And then now I drop every six weeks I mean I'm doing good So she can tell that But you know my uh, probation appointments Are normally in between 30 seconds To like two minutes long Oh hi how you doing You don't look like you're fucked up on drugs have a good day. I'll send a voucher down to community health center. Go ahead and pee for me in this cup. Half the time, I mean, once, once, all they want is my money. The first thing, are you making a payment? Yes, I'm making a payment because I want to get off of this. You know. Yeah, that's how
0: my parole officer was every time I would go see him when I had all those things go down. He was like, first things first, how are your payments coming along? And I'm like, yeah, great.
2: <laughs> you know,
0: uh, and, and it, it's to the
2: point now, man. Uh, you know, if I pay him off early. It don't matter what you're doing with your life. They don't care where you're eating, where you're sleeping, anything like that. You know, there's 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 sober houses out there that are doing more for people. There's institutions, like, that aren't state-ran that are helping people, you know, learn.
0: That's a shame because, you know, the idea of a parole officer is, is they're supposed to actually care about you and try to shape you up probation. as a probation officer. Is supposed to, like, shape you up and, like, help you out. You know they're supposed to care about you as a person, but they just seem like they want your money.
2: I mean, I have I, my probation officer is a, a cool person. She understands, but I don't think they have the given resources to really help anybody. Like they, they, Do you have, even feel
0: like they have the educational needs, like they've been taught. Anything, I'm sure or? they've
2: been taught how to help people, but I don't think the state itself gives them the choice to to help people.
0: Oh, I see. the only
2: okay. help that they can help people. Okay, you want to go into a sober house because you're messing up. We're gonna throw you in jail till you get there. Or oh, you want to go to rehab? Oh, that's awesome. We're gonna throw you in jail till you get there till there's a spot for you. You, you know, like I said, when I last time I was in Summit County Jail, like three fourths of my pod was sitting there waiting for IBH, which oh
0: is which God. is
2: a, which is a great rehab, but it's a ninety day program. They only have so many beds, so. Most people are sitting there for about four to five months waiting to go to rehab to spend another, another three months in rehab. And that, I honestly think, has something to do with relapse. They've been sitting there so long, and they're pissed. So they're like, why would I do this? Man, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to stay out of jail instead of trying to get help. You know what I'm saying? It makes oh, I, perfect I, sense. Oh, I, try to help. I try to get help, and I spent half a year in jail trying to get help, and this shit didn't even help because I didn't want to do it by the time I got there. By the time they sit all that time and go to IBH, they don't want to hear anything. They're like, dude, I just did all this damn time. I don't want to be here. I want to go see my freaking family. You know?
0: Makes perfect sense.
2: And the resources they do offer us, or the information people do offer us as, as alcoholics and addicts, a lot of it's bullshit. I mean, <laughs> a lot of it is straight BS. Like, you know, and the opiates are terrible. People are dying. I You know, most a lot of my best friends have passed, and they don't care. You catch a drug charge, you get a signature bond the next day you get out in one day until your next court date. They're just gonna let you out and keep doing what you're doing. Hope you don't die. I got I was out on bond, caught another drug charge this last time, and the judge said, Well, I'm gonna let you out again, just don't die on me.
0: He literally said those words to you? He said, I'm gonna reinstate
2: your bond. Just don't die on us, mister Barnes.
0: That's terrible. Yeah. That's that's basically it people have just given... It sounds like he's just given up as a judge. Like, he's Um, not even doing his job.
2: That's everybody. There's no room to put anybody, you know? I mean, and it's sad because how this happened, man, is everybody got on pain pills when they started getting big. Oxycontins, O'Panas, Percocets, you know, everything that's in in these shitty rapper songs. (laughs) Molly Percocets, you know? Uh, Basically, everybody's on this stuff. And... Okay, bam, they put restrictions on it And now people are out there selling for twice What they were going for Because nobody's allowed them anymore All the pain management doctors got popped So heroin got involved, bam And then, out of nowhere, within the last two years Meth just came here with a storm Because there's new ways to make it Anybody can make it now It's like an easy bake oven, you know And everybody's getting high on meth now Everybody's tweaking out Everybody's dying from heroin And the drugs are so cheap here. It's cheaper to get high than it is to feed two people at a normal place. I could get high for cheaper than I could for feeding me and my fiance at Boston Market for two days. That's fucking insane. Yeah. I mean, grams, whole grams of meth are going for like 30 bucks. You know, 30, 40 dollars. I think I spent more on individual Christmas gifts this year than, I, than a gram of meth would keep you alive for about a week. You know, if if you're doing well, about about three to, three to seven days, depending on how you do it, you only need a little bit of that stuff. You know, I mean, that's the stuff you see in movies about that stuff. It's all real. That shit is the devil. It takes your soul away. You know, because when I was on heroin, I got off of it. I didn't start doing heroin again for a long, long time. And then meth came into the picture. I was I was with the wrong people, and I've been clean for a long time just being dry i was still drinking you know i was still you know if stuff came around i would do it Doing a lot of cocaine here and there this is like three years ago
0: so you were you know you hadn't done anything heavy but you were still i, was, I wasn't
2: using a needle anymore yeah and that came around and i think it's because i had no foundation to stand on i had no no foundation of self like you know. I work a program now to where my foundation is strong. It's, it's huge. It's good. Right? I, I could I could wa- I could literally watch people probably get high and not want to do it, and I wasn't like that before. I was around people still getting high, and I was just tempting myself constantly, and constantly, and 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 finally I got into it, and uh, I was a hardcore methamphetamine addict for about two and a half years to the point. Where the last year or so, I honestly was in such deep psychotic psychosis, I thought I died. I thought I was overdosed and I was living in a living hell. I couldn't, I couldn't decipher reality from fiction. I, I saw vivid hallucinations that spoke to me and I could feel them. I got in confrontation with everybody I knew. I was terrified of my own shadow. It turned me into everything I wasn't. Because you know, you know me normally, I'm not that person. And I was so psychotic but I couldn't stop. And I caught another charge. I had been up for about eight days. I got pulled over. I, I I'm almost positive I got set up, but we're not gonna get into that. Um, I got pulled over with some stuff, bam, they let me out the next day. Then I overdosed a couple weeks later and they said they found more stuff on me and I didn't. It was planted. It was uh, a detective that's under investigation right now For doing that stuff So I got planted some stuff on me Bam I got two charges now I'm looking at prison They let me go to a rehab I was there for 127 days At the Ori The last six days I got into it with the guy What they're doing now is they're taking people That are coming home from prison on the TC program The last six months they let them stay in a halfway house So it's a mixture of drug addicts and drug dealers now in these halfway houses. It was easier to get drugs inside of the oriental house than it is on the streets because you don't have to go nowhere. I mean, there's just as many drugs in there as they're on the streets, uh, and and they can't stop it. People are getting high and overdosing inside of of a halfway house. And it's sad. Uh, The last six days, I got, got, got into a confrontation I'm cross-diagnosed with, uh, you know, bipolar, and uh, I had a manic attack, uh, getting into a fight. They brought a bunch of ambulances in, uh, hauled out cocktailed and he sent me on my way. And uh, I was off to the races again, um, shooting heroin, doing meth. Finally, I just had enough, man. I've been doing this way too long. I've done a lot of bad things. Um, when I was on
0: heroin. Um, now, you know, we talked, not to interrupt you, sorry. No, go ahead. We talked about, you know, support systems and how you didn't have a leg to stand on. Now, you know, do you think it's like a double edged sword? It's like because of the person you had become, it was hard to be around people that weren't like you and it made you feel comfortable being around people that were like you doing drugs because people had given up on you. And it's hard, and you know, trust is one of those things where people don't trust you, but. Nobody, nobody takes the time to put themselves in your shoes either. I mean, um, everybody's human. Even I, at one point, we've been friends for years. Even I, at one point, was like, do I trust Terry or is he still the same dude? And I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed to admit that. I'm a human yeah. being. Everybody thinks that way at one point in time. Well,
2: see, I'm proud of the fact that I've never ripped off any of my close friends.
0: Right. And
2: I've never, st- I don't steal I'm not a good thief. I'm more of the, the strong-arm guy. That's why uh, for a while there I was collecting debts for my dope boy strong-arm. People owe money. If, uh, if I saw you, I was going to punch you in the mouth and take what you had in your pocket. And then give it back to him and i get high for the day. Basically, what it was, man, is uh, any human being that's normal is not going to want to be around someone like that. I mean... People, people that are addicted are, are in constant chaos. They thrive in chaotic white noise and static. You know what I'm saying? And I don't anymore. Uh, I don't hear white noise. I mean, it took a long time, even when I got sober, to stop hearing voices in my head. And you, your life becomes unmanageable to a point when you're on that. You can't even manage it. your own self. How could you manage... Having any personal interactions or relationships, and so when you get sober, you gotta get you gotta you gotta make amends, you gotta right those wrongs, and you gotta and you and you and you can't just say I'm sorry because sorry don't hold no weight. You gotta actually admit that you made a mistake, and as a man, that's the hardest thing in the world to do—to admit that you fucked
0: I, up. I think anybody—it's hard to admit that we fuck up from time to time. Yeah, I think that's that's anybody, and you know. You know the old saying, trust is gained, not earned. We've all heard that before. So, like, you're in that situation. You're making amends. You're being, you know, you're clean and shit. And, you know, how are some people towards you? or some people still treat you the same? Or some um, people, you know, give you the benefit of the doubt?
2: Most people that really, truly know me and love me can tell the difference now. Mm-hmm. I've fed them bullshit for so long. That they could. A lot of times they thought I was good, and then I'd fall again. I'm very active in in a fellowship right now because of certain things. Uh, I try, you know, I can't speak on certain things, but I'm part of a twelve step fellowship, and I help a lot of guys now. People that are struggling recently, people that have been the past couple, you know, day one, day two, day three of staying sober, they call me, and that's what. And and I, and to be selfish, that it helps me more, than it helps them because to see someone just coming back from a run doing doing like that on my mountain. everyone it reminds it you, reminds you you know and and every time i help another person or talk to another person that's struggling it helps me more than it helps them because i get to see myself more as a person the way you can truly tell value a person is see how they treat other people you know, not how they act around people. See how they treat other people behind closed doors. That's how you can tell the validity of, of someone's honor. Okay. Um, you know, some people are about it. Nobody can help everybody. But, you know, I, I give it my darndest, you know. And I take pride in that. I take pride in knowing that I'm trying to save my friends' lives, you know. Because I'm, I'm tired of losing people, man. Uh, I'm tired of waking up and seeing rest in peace messages on Facebook timelines. And... uh I, I'm tired of, 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 of living that way, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I, I, uh, I have a lot of support with people that have a lot of sober time, 10, 12 years of constant sobriety that know how to live life. Now the best thing they could say, the best gift that, that, that recovery can give you is to, is to give it away, you know? Um, and that's why, you know, I'm here speaking, too, because if this helps somebody, you know, or or someone needs help, you know, they can always reach out to me any time or day. I'm not going to tell you no. Um, and do You have a way for them to reach out? Yeah, uh, I, you can look me up on Facebook. Uh, my name's Terrence, T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E, Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S.
0: You heard it first, Terrence Barnes on Facebook? Um,
2: yeah, uh, Calga Falls, you'll see me on there. You can hit me up or you, you know, just message me on there, add me as a friend. You know, I deal with a lot of addiction in family, too. I live with people that are still in active addiction. Drinking constantly, hiding, stealing. Um, because with, with alcoholism, you know, as, or addiction as a whole, it, you don't have a problem with drugs or alcohol. You have a problem with your thinking. You have a problem with your mind. It's the way that you... Do things. You lie, you cheat, you steal, to get your way. And you're like a ticking powder keg, you know, just waiting to explode. And when you explode, it's not like it's it's a deadly explosion. You're just exploding for the noise, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like an M eighty in a bucket of water. You're just exploding for the splash, you know, and and, and it's all about you. So once you figure out that, you know, I I'm not that important. Once you figure that out, you can start being important, you know what I'm saying?
0: Okay. Okay. Now, you know, let's get into this a little bit. The one topic that has been, like, the most controversial of topics, whether or not addiction is a disease. Now, here, drafts have black tongues. Me and Dave have said this a billion times before. We're not doctors. We're not educated enough to make that kind of decision. Now, if you ask me if I could play a little devil's advocate, you know... Some people say, no, you started the drug, so of course it's not a disease, but drinking has been proved to be a scientific disease, that's been scientifically proven, and you have to start drinking the drink, so what makes drugs any different? But, you know, I could also see how people feel about that, and we don't want to give you a strong opinion either way, but we want to give you something to think about. I mean, Terry, what are your thoughts about it? You've lived um, through it, you're a person, you know... People could say whatever they want who haven't done any drugs. Of course, they're going to say, you know, you've actually you've been there. Yeah. What do you think about it? Um, you
2: know, I, have, I have a pretty solid argument about this, and it, it kind of goes against the grain a little bit. Like you said, alcoholism has been a diagnosed disease since, what, the 20s?
0: Yeah, proven, um, been out know, there.
2: Yeah. What people don't understand when they're arguing if addiction is a disease or a choice... Is most of them are just doing it because it's trendy and they want some attention. Addiction is a disease. The choice is an addiction. There's a reason. There's addiction is a disease and there's a drug of choice, or or your substance of choice. Addiction isn't a choice. That's a, that's a darn disease. It's a mental illness that affects mm-hmm. the same the frontal cortex of the brain, which makes decision making. It affects the brain the the, the brain stem which, uh, you know, decision-making, probability, you know, it's ingrained in your DNA. Your, your, What it is is addiction is ingrained in your DNA. This is scientifically proven. You can look it up. People that have the addictive personality trait, all right, say, as a kid, you're experimenting with drugs, like you and I, okay? Yep. Um. Say someone really, lo- they, they don't know it, but they're really going to love cocaine. The, their addiction... You're not born a heroin addict. You're not born, you know, something like that. You're you're born with what exactly you want to do. You have a drug of choice and addiction is your disease. You pick up, you're what, what they say? Like 900 to a thousand times more likely to use it again than someone who said, okay, that was fun. I'm glad I tried it. That that person, once you get one in you, it's a three-part disease. It's a mental obsession. It's a phenomenon of craving. And it's a spiritual malady. You have a God-shaped hole, you know, or a spiritual-shaped hole in your body. You're trying to fill the void, you know, family abuse, neglect, uh, just wanting to be liked, you know. And you're trying to fill that void up uh, to the top with whatever you want to do. That's the disease. You know, you, you take one, you got an obsession to take another one, bam. Okay, I'm off to the races. And then you got that phenomenon of craving that occurs. Like, oh, you know, it'd be great right now. It's 3, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. You know, it'd be great right now. A whole bottle of Jack. You know what I'm saying? And, yep. then, and once you get one in you, you keep on going. And, and it, it's it's scary because people nowadays are making it a joke. Like, oh, you know, they're putting drug addicts on blast. And it's an addiction is so prevalent. Now, you have to think, you know, people that are having these babies... It's it's already hereditary. Like a lot of these babies and kids growing up have the addictive trait in them because it goes through family. My father was an addict, and I, I'm not sure about the rest of the family. I'm not going to speak on it. You know, rest in peace to my father. But he, uh, the disease itself is not a choice. That's that sounds so. That's just ridiculous. It's a choice for a disease. Oh, is, is well. I hope you get a sexually transmitted choice, son you know, because, because, uh, what it is, man, is there's a drug of choice. Yeah. You can quit and you have to want to quit. I'm, I have to admit, you know, that I want to quit. You have to, you have to want, but if I, if I put something in me, then my disease kicks up. That's like with my anxiety or my bipolar. If I don't take my medicine and with my medicine, addiction is being in these, you know, in rooms and fellowships and working with other people. That's my medicine. See that's it. see that is bipolar medicine. I don't take my bipolar medicine, or if I'm constantly dehydrated or stressed, I'm going to have a manic attack. Well, if I don't help people out, and I and I don't voice my opinion, I don't take care of myself with my disease, I'm going to go back out. That's the disease. The choice is is the choice is how you is how you decide to battle it. You know. It's a disease It's scientifically proven People are just saying it because Oh you gotta pick up That has nothing to do with the disease of addiction Nothing at all You choose to get high But you don't choose to be addicted to it You know what I'm saying There's there's a drug of choice And there's addiction There's no addiction of choice There's a drug of choice and there's addiction
0: Well what are your thoughts about that Dave I mean this is some interesting stuff we're getting here I mean I mean, I don't know where you stand. I'm assuming you stand in the same position as I do, as we don't know enough to really have an opinion. Yeah, I mean,
1: I I kind of agree with uh, what Terry was saying there. I I think you worded it pretty well, too. Well spoken. Um, Yeah, I mean, addiction, that's something that's hereditarily passed down to you. It's your choice to try the drug in the first place, but once you do, if you've got that addictive trait, I mean, you're going to be hooked on it. That's, that's where the difference comes in there.
0: Yeah, well, and, you know, so here's what I want you guys to do. We're going to mention the Twitter again. Dave has it for you. Uh, Dave, uh, say that nice Twitter page we got now.
1: Giraffes HBT pod.
0: And I want you guys to give your opinion about this. You know, go ahead and you know, get your squabbles out, get your voice, your opinion. That's what America's about, democracy and all that good shit. Let me know how you feel about it. Let us know if giraffes have black tongues. What you think about it? Try to educate or uneducate, whatever you think is best. So Terry, you know, I got just a few more questions for you. I know you, you know, you got things to do, just like everybody else. Appreciate you coming on for a little bit and you hanging out your with time, us. Take
2: time, man. Any time, any time to pass, you know, the words down. You know, like I said, if anybody needs help, I don't have a Twitter. I'm kind of technologically dumb, but who's got the Facebook? Yeah, look me up, Terrence Barnes with an E, T E R R E N C E Barnes, B A R N E S. Uh, You'll see my big ugly mug on the picture, so just go ahead and
0: click. Chicago Falls, Ohio. What do you think made you want? to... What was everybody has that moment where they want to quit? That's the first part of my question. What made you want to quit? And what do you think? You like the best about living the life you live now.
2: You know, I do uh I write. Um, that's something I, I do. I, I write spoken word poetry and I've been told I'm pretty darn good. Some people see it as raps. It's it's something that I get my you know, and it's it's sad pain was always my is always my inspiration. It's hard for me to write anything happy. But it helps me. Um, I was sitting there at the last night that I ever used the day before Fourth of July. Damn fireworks going off. I'm tweaking out bad, dude. I'm calling the neighbors out. I'm trying to fist fight everybody thinking they're talking about me. And I sat inside all night. I was terrified. I'm scared to death. I always think people are talking about me. There's voices in my head. I'm terrified. Sitting in the house thinking snipers sniper's going to take me out and kill me. Um, and uh, I, I came outside when it was fucking, it, it, was, it was daylight. Um, it was about 6 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning. The sun was rising. I know this sounds cliche, but I looked over it and there's a pretty good view from uh, my where I was at my grandma's porch. And I heard a voice inside me I've never heard before in my life. You know, I got three beautiful stepkids um, that I love to death and a, and a beautiful fiance. And uh, I heard a voice, you know, that said, do you not want to be there for the kids? Aren't Don't you want to be a role model? Don't you want to be the father you've never had? I heard that loud and proud. And they said, what, would, what do you think would be said if you overdosed and died to the children? What if you died? That's what I kept hearing. What if you died? How do you think they'd feel? And I felt like if I, get, if I you know, I came so far before I messed up. And I felt that if, you know, you, you got to quit for yourself. Don't get me wrong. But it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, what would my loved ones be told when, if I died? What, what would the phone call say? You know? Because when my father passed, his mother called and left a voicemail on my voicemail on the old school answer machines. And was like, hey Cindy, which is my mother's name. Shout out to Cindy. She said, hey Cindy, this is Georgia. Terry's dead, just so you know. I'll talk to you later. And that's the biggest fear is me ending up like my father. Because, you know, he got bad into his drug addiction and he moved far away. My biggest fear is that someone who loves me is going to get a voicemail or a text message like, Hey, just so you know, uh, Big T's dead. Um, talk to you later. See you on Thanksgiving. You know? And uh, it finally hit me. You know, I, I tried working programs before and I tried doing it. And it wasn't fun anymore. I literally put myself into a living hell every time I got high for a 45 second rush. And uh, I, have, I have a lot of friends that are in the sober community, the re- recovery community. And a good friend of mine, I'll give him a shout-out, he won't mind, Eric. good friend of mine, Eric, picked me up the next day and uh, took me around a bunch of good people. And uh, I've been going since. I've been taking this seriously since. I have a lot of support around me. I have my family. I have a good job now. I'm actually holding the job down. Uh, The best part's about this, and I work third shift. I work 1030 night to 730 in the morning in a 1400 degree factor furnace aluminum foundry. And I love it. I got my weight back. I'm strong as ever. I'm in good shape. You look good. I mean, I'm constantly doing hard work. It feels like I got my butt beat every day at work. But it feels good because I'm exerting all that energy I I had, anxiety. I mean, I have more energy now than I ever have on drugs. I have a sleep schedule. (laughs) I follow a sleep schedule. What the heck? I'm getting old,
0: man. What's sleep like you remember sleep, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I know yeah. that's I, nice. I had
2: to catch up for a few months. I was sleeping like 10 hours a day. Yeah. But, you know, I have a sleep schedule. I handle myself. I'm saving up to get a home. I'm work I'm I'm doing financial amends, paying bills back. I can go out and get something to drink at the gas station or go and grab some food. I have money to do that. I have money in my pocket at all times. And I have new clothes. I mean, I didn't have a shirt I didn't have a pair of tennis shoes up until last last November for a year and a half. I had a pair of slippers I wore for a year and a half cuz I couldn't afford tennis shoes. I didn't have a t-shirt that fit me up until up until uh, April of this year. I had two t-shirts and one of them, one of them was a family member's that I stole, you know. Damn. Uh, now I have enough I have enough monetary things. It's good to have stuff for value, but the best thing is to know that I can wake up and people actually trust me with their vehicle, people trust me with their bank card if I have to go to store for them, people ask things of me. I'm I'm held accountable by the people I love, and not in a bad sense, but I'm held accountable to 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 be a man, to be an adult, and. I knew how to do that a long time ago. I bet that feels
0: better than any amount of money you can hold in your pocket, huh?
2: I'm asked, yeah, I'm asked to, I'm asked to be a role model. Like it's awesome. Just I, I took the kids to Comic Con the other day. I saw that I was um, looked, I was and, looking at their face. And they stuff. surprised me with a shirt that said "Super Dead. Like what? Come on, dude. Like, dude, before that, up for years, dude, no matter what I did, because of. My stupid actions And drug use I might have got a shirt That said Hey you alright You know <laughs> But But You know <laughs> Nowadays You know I got I, They bought me a, a Behind my back And surprised me Right in the middle of comic con Like here you go And it was a super dad shirt Like what Like I took that You know And, and I And I I might spend a little bit Too much money on them When we go out And I might spoil them But you know what I I can know
0: Yep And I mean, you know, we growing up as kids, you know, we grew up and we got we got lucky in our lives that we both didn't have a dad and we had one dad that like yeah. was there for us, you know. You know who you are, Rico. Yeah. You know, shout out to him. He always he always showed us right from wrong or he tried to. Yeah, and us I both. mean, you're your dad now, you know, knowing what he went through being stepdad and trying to show right from wrong and it's hard, you know.
2: It, it is at first because you always feel like you know second best at first you know you feel you feel like you're not you're held up to a standard that's unreachable but when you realize that you know I'm doing the right thing now and I and, and even the kids notice you know I come and I come we hang out on the weekends you know and uh, I'm probably gonna see them in that within the next 12 hours and uh, they go to a good school. Even my nieces and nephews, my step nieces and nephews of my uh, my girlfriend's brother, like we get along. Like they ask me things, like I they ask me for help with homework. Like like I told my help them with homework. They show me like when they do stuff in school, they show me. That's awesome. You know how cool that is to like actually for uh, you know, even now like when I write like poems or like pieces, I don't even like sharing them because I'm you know, people get like. You you have to have a certain level of trust that people to show stuff, you know what I'm saying?
0: No, trust me, I know.
2: And uh <laughs> and, and, and for, for children to trust you, that's awesome because children and, and animals are the best judge of characters out there. You might not realize it, but a kid can tell if you're fucking up. Like even as a kid being around the people I would I would look over and I'd be that dude's drunk as hell. I'd be like nine years old, but like, that dude is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and, and it's awesome, man. You know i appreciate this man
0: well thank you for coming on terrence you know i'll give a special shout out to everybody that's trying to hold down the recovery you know keep the fight strong because relapse is a part of recovery and you know
2: it doesn't have to be though
0: doesn't have to be
2: reach out uh contact you know contact fellowships 12-step fellowships you know contact sober support you know there's hotlines addiction hotlines um Go, uh, you know, ask for help. Actually, you know, it's hard to admit that you need help, but ask for help. I mean, even if, even if you're in a different state, message me on, message me on Facebook and I'll find you help where you're at. Like I will, I'll give you resources. Like just hit up, hit up the comments or hit up Ralph, hit up Dave. And I'll figure if you need help, I'll help you. I mean, I'll sit on the phone and talk you through something. As hard as it is out here now, it's nice to know that you can ask for help. Even though, like once you once you nut up, and you're like, "Yeah, I can't do this." You know, I don't have enough willpower or strength. People will understand because they've been there before. You know, I'm. Uh, it was hard for me to admit that I couldn't do it by myself. But you know what's funny is everybody that's helping you couldn't do them couldn't do it by themselves before you. That's why they're there.
0: All right, well, there you have it. That's it for Giraffes Have Black Tongues. I'm Ralph. I'm Dave. And uh, that, that's it. We'll see you guys next time. Big
2: thank you to Terry. Thanks. Appreciate
0: Thanks it. Thanks for coming on, Terry. It's always always appreciated.
2: Yeah, hopefully I'll come back sometime, man. We'll talk about, you know, happier things. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know,
0: for sure. We'll definitely have you back on again. All right, Ohio, you, uh, you stay doing your thing. Stay safe.